0: I love the pause where we say, how do we bring joy back? What is good gonna come out of this? What, why did I get into this business or what business do I like? Or what are the things that I appreciate, right? And how do we make those things better? And I'm really curious in higher education, what the new appreciation is gonna be. Like, is that gonna be a new appreciation for culture or a new appreciation for the stories that we tell? or for the way we approach academics, or for the way we approach student development, um, this brokenness, and then going through this process of refining what's broken into something more beautiful, I think is going to come out with something amazing. Let's see, I'm trying to figure out what the date is today. Today is April 20th, Thank you guys for joining us for Cap and Gown, today hosting Mission First. We're gonna talk about Kintsugi. I'm joined by Mr. Anthony Malkuri. Hello, sir.
1: You know what today is? Today's the day I found that Matt is familiar with stairs.
0: He is familiar with stairs. He's not not great at them, but he is familiar with them. He had a little stair accident that we've been discussing. So Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) let's see, you are not in your customary place.
1: Well, recently my customary place has been everywhere, but yeah. um, I I, um, I am in an executive office in or executive club in the Pittsburgh Airport, which I hear has won awards for airportness.
0: Well, wow, that is very exciting! Congratulations, Pittsburgh. Um, I have a couple of housekeeping things you guys if you are watching us on YouTube, please make sure that you subscribe. Um, Also, you can register for zoom so that you can participate in our polls and ask us questions. Uh, And then you can listen to our previous podcast um, wherever you listen to podcasts. So this is our top link that will take you to all of the places that you need to know about. Uh, Today, we are going to be talking about Kintsugi, which we've kind of touched on a little bit in the past, but I'm going to spend some time on it today. But first, we have some fun things um, that we want to talk about. Spring has sprung. So, Anthony, the one on the left is your picture, the one on the right is my picture. Where did you you take this picture?
1: I was in uh, Pittsburgh last night. shooting something and I had uh, I got off early and at six o'clock now you know me by now if I'm in the city by myself and I get off early what do I do play poker I I find a poker room okay so there's this casino it was literally a mile down the road so I took an uber and I walked in and it, it was like it's a it's a hotel casino it's a nice it's called the rivers it's fine and, um, but when I pulled up, I was like, "Yeah, oh, that's pretty nice. But then I looked to the left and I literally went like, I don't know, a good couple hundred feet to go f- take a picture of those flowers. Cause they were so beautiful.
0: They are beautiful. And the nice thing or the hard thing about tulips is first of all, they come very early in the spring and they're not around forever. So if you get to catch them, it's pretty special.
1: Yeah. Um, it's like, um, the, um, the, uh, flowers in Washington, the cherry blossoms. Um, cherry blossoms yeah yep. exactly. they're here they're here at two o'clock and they're gone at three o'clock yeah but those are pretty those are really pretty yours they are, are very gorgeous pretty. yeah i'm jealous gorgeous. what do you do what do you do when they die or you know they're not in bloom during the summer with yeah. that area they're just what not we, in bloom yeah like, they're
0: just yeah they just hang around they're just kind of like they, actually sad stems you know
1: it's yeah but, yeah yeah Also, you
0: posted this picture, which was so joyful. It made me very happy. We talked about this, I think, one of the last times we were together. And then I was like, look how happy you are in that picture.
1: I'm Mm. in Vietnam in that picture. And um, I'm doing, I'm at a um, underwater child circus. Just leave it at that. Don't ask me any questions. A puppet show, underwater puppet show. So the kids are watching the underwater puppet show. And before I go backstage to kind of, deal with the puppet show um it's all on it's all on my show extreme hotels and um the kids were all looking at me because the cameras were on me and i was like hey what's up so i kind of walked over to them or whatever i was like you want to take a picture with that said that picture was literally taken like this i had my phone Ooh, sorry about that i had my phone and i literally went like this I said, come here click like it, it was my it's my favorite picture ever. It's
0: such a good picture. It's really for those of you joining us podcast. It's just Anthony looking very joyful <clears throat> with faces all around of little children also looking joyful. It's really precious.
1: Yeah, and um, I had to put in the or my uh, my manager put in the social media line pre COVID because you know the next thing you're going to get is yeah. Everyone's you know, like, why don't you the Right. So that was pre COVID, and you know, what's so interesting about that picture was. That was never even a thought like that there's a bunch oh, of kids right. breathing, bri- breathing on me it wasn't even a thought yeah. and uh, th- i tell you I, when i went to vietnam i didn't know what to expect because obviously with our history <clears> they, <throat> they, they, they like vietnam that's my when people say what do you i keep dropping you what do you <laughs> what do you think of uh vietnam i show them that picture i say that's vietnam that was my whole experience with vietnam yeah, everyone exactly. treated me like that
0: now listen, <clears throat> I've buried the lead this afternoon because you have a gigantic announcement that's amazing. So can you tell all of our listeners what you are doing?
1: Um, I am uh, partnering with a gentleman named John Molina. Um, uh, he built or he's renovated or we're renovating a hotel called the breakers in long beach, California. I've been working on it for two years. And, um, with John or well, actually a year, but, uh, John's been working on it for two years and, uh, I put my team together and, um, in two years, hopefully we'll have it open. And then we're, and we're working on another project. I'm so that, excited. We're working on another project in Tampa that is keeping me busy. So, but it's a, it's a limited service hotel that we're buying um so, in, so those his, of you, his, his money in my brains
0: yeah so for those of you who aren't familiar with this hotel it's been closed for like 35 years it was built in 1926 right i right. don't know if you know this anthony but it was built for two million dollars
1: yes And, and it was built by conrad hilton right?
0: yeah so this renovation is going to be really amazing but one other thing i learned about this hotel um matt can you show the pictures while i'm saying this because it's just a gorgeous it's gorgeous but did you know in World War II that they put two pillboxes on the top so that they could mm-hmm. have like harbor, like shoot at yes. people coming into the harbor?
1: Yes. Matter of fact, that's going to be our DJ booth.
0: That's awesome.
1: That's where so- we're going to put a DJ and that DJ booth is going to open. Uh, it's, you basically look down at our at our um, rooftop and uh yeah so that's those are the pictures as they exist now but i just had a meeting with my partner um we're going to soften it up a little bit
0: yeah it's so bright. it's
1: beautiful it's gorgeous it it's is. gorgeous and i
0: think we have another picture of oh yes just all of the people who used to come um to this hotel so congratulations yeah. That yeah. Is well thank you. Really fun.
1: thank you thank you thank you and then we, uh, uh, what's really unique about the hotel there was a room ru- there was a room called the sky room which was like kind of windows on the world and the rainbow room um in New York City yeah. and so we're going to bring we're going to bring that back and that's kind of a staple of Long Beach and John Molina and his family um have very uh very deep roots in Long Beach so this is a this is a legacy project for them um and I am uh, it's funny I just had a conversation with him I feel more protective of this hotel like it was something I was like born around and it's the, he had to put in a lot of money to to buy the hotel i feel like i put that money in um so it's really become because i'm such a history guy it's become something very uh close to me um but i've um i have not talked about it because i don't talk about a lot of things until they're basically done. done and so our deal is done and uh we have two years and um a lot of work ahead of us yeah, so it's fun wow.
0: Congratulations. I think that's going to be awesome.
1: Cool, well, thank you. I, I'm glad that you you stalked me on social media. I like talking that's, about this stuff.
0: Yeah, of course. I, I assume that you're <laughs> posting it just so I know. Like, hey, Rachel, just so you know what's going on with me. Here's, here's my next project. Okay, are you ready for 20 questions?
1: You know I'm ready for it. Except I for it.
0: today I have 21. Normally I only can do 19, but we have yeah. to do today. Okay. Um, What should they teach you in school that they don't?
1: How to balance a checkbook.
0: Uh, If you were in a high-speed chase, what song would you want blaring on the radio?
1: Roseanne. Roxanne. I'm sorry, Roxanne.
0: Roxanne, that's good.
1: That's my best friend who passed away, my song and his song.
0: What should parents stop teaching their children?
1: How do they say yes? Oh they should teach that shows you how to say no sometimes yeah. um and my theory that can i can i explain this one because this one's important yeah. to me um the reason there's a lot of people that can't think outside the box is because when you're a kid a spoon falls off your, your little table your mother's feeding you oh don't do that by the sixth time your mother stops her head and so don't do that then you go to first grade and teach says, sit there don't sit there then you go to high school and it's like oh don't do this do that and everywhere you go, the time you're 21 and you graduate college, or you go to college and you lose your mind because you've been you know, everybody's been <laughs> telling you you have to do things and you've been you've been obedient. Be a little less obedient when you're a kid, and 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 be respectful to your family, be respectful to your teachers, be respectful to your coaches, but have an opinion. Yeah. And I think that we, um, we 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 want kids to obey. We don't want kids to be respectful. give us their opinion so to me it would be i would teach if i had to do it over again i would probably because i I got there with my kids but i think i I waited too long and they're fine they're they're great they're adapted well and they'll tell you their opinion they're strong they're strong lady young ladies uh but i wish i was a little bit more um a a little bit less rigid with them when they were smaller
0: it's really funny i always talk about that in terms of like to my daughter oh you think you're a person you are a person, right? You think you get to have an opinion or whatever, which is not necessarily the way that I was raised. Like I wasn't oh, no. sure that I was a
1: I was raised. If I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. Right,
0: <laughs> right exactly. All right. What is the most overrated movie? Gone with the wind. <gasps> okay. All right. I'm gonna let it ride. <clears throat> what motivates you to work hard? My children. What is your Starbucks order?
1: Um, a unsweetened iced tea. Oh, that's
0: Good. What is the best gift you've ever been given?
1: Oh, it's funny. You're gonna make me cry. Uh, two, one, when I was a kid, I was eight years old. No, no, younger than seven years old. And I, I, you know, I, you know how I grew up. Right. So no one ever gave me a pat on the back and I would deliver newspapers. I've never told this story before. I would deliver newspapers around the school to all the teachers because a teacher asked me, would you mind getting here a half hour early and delivering the newspapers? I said, sure, I'll do it. And I don't even know if I, I don't think I got paid anything. He just asked me to do it and I did it. And at the end of the year, he gave me a wallet. It's the first time anyone's ever given me anything outside of my family. And he gave me a wallet. And he said, thank you for being on time. Thank you for doing a good job. I appreciate it. Best gift I ever got. And then recently, right before COVID, I was in the gym and this gentleman who I'm friendly with, 75-year-old guy who can outwork me. He's always in the gym. And I guess he knew who I was. I did a TV show. And his son renovated the plaza like 30 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever. Um, and he was on the, demolish, the the team that demolished parts of the hotel. And he had a uh, handle to one of the doors, the original door handle of the plaza. Um, and he gave it to me. He said, hey, this is for you. I know you have a connection to the plaza. And wow one of the best gifts I ever got, yeah.
0: Those are great gifts. I can see, and of course, my
1: children. I can
0: yes, I can see the beginning of your uh, uh, attitude towards w- work from that first gift, right? <clears throat> okay. What is the weirdest thing you've ever
1: eaten? Um, uh, uh, fermented fermented shark in Iceland. It's their delicacy, and um, you ate it. I, I, w- <clears throat> I want to tell you what it tastes. Well. The only reason I ate it is because Andrew Zimmern and, and uh, Anthony Bourdain ate it. And uh, all my uh, production team reminded me of that when I was there. Oh. And they were calling me names. So I <laughs> ate it. And it was terrible.
0: I'm sorry. I had a scorpion one time in China. And it tasted like popcorn. Ooh. I just thought you'd be interested in that. Not, chip,
1: not chicken? Everything no. tastes like chicken? No.
0: Oh, definitely okay. not chicken. Okay. Uh, what is a movie everyone has seen but you haven't? Hmm.
1: Gone with the wind. No, just kidding. Um, everyone's seen uh, uh, Star Wars.
0: Oh, oh, yes. I remember you have told me that before. Star Wars. Okay. What is your favorite zoo animal? Giraffe. Mine too. Uh, what would you sing at karaoke besides Nothing. jingle bells? Nothing. You could Ever. do jingle bells. It's your favorite. Ever. <laughs> what pizza topping do you like? Mitchell. Okay. What would you would you rather have been on the marching band or the debate team in high school? Debate team. Um if you had a time machine, would you go forward in time or back in time?
1: I would stay exactly where I am.
0: Okay. What always brings a smile to your face? You. <laughs> Wendy's, <laughs> McDonald's or Burger King?
1: Oh, um it depends. Um if I lose at poker McDonald's, if I win at poker Burger King.
0: <laughs> okay, the last time you got a manicure.
1: Uh three days ago.
0: Have you ever worn a bow tie? Yes. Um, what did you wear to prom?
1: I didn't go to the prom.
0: And do you like or dislike surprises?
1: very thoughtful surprises that are built around my personality i like
0: yeah that's a good one you don't want to be i don't
1: like- i don't like surprises so you're happy about you me a surprise i like like if it's thoughtful then of course who doesn't um but i get very freaked out uh you should know this about me in in a um restaurant don't ever sing me happy birthday <laughs> me
0: neither i
1: I might get violent.
0: <laughs> I, I would. I want to hide under the table if that happens.
1: No, no. They were singing me happy birthday. And they're like, please don't do that. And then as they were doing it, I got angry. And then I realized, like, I'm such an idiot that I'm getting angry about somebody singing me happy birthday. <laughs> but, like, the last thing I want is eyes on me. And I hate it almost as much as karaoke.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, thank you for playing. I learned some things. Um, let me do State of the Union really quickly. So, and then we'll move on to consumer and our resources. So a couple of things, schools for you to know, we're super hopeful, things are gonna go back to normal-ish in the fall. Um, a lot of schools are talking about students in classrooms, residence halls on campus generally open. Um, it probably isn't gonna be all the way back to normal, but people are really working hard to make the fall feel more similar Um, to what we're used to and I think the reason is because schools are realizing that they're not tuition driven they're room and board driven which means we've got to get students back on our campus I think the revised um, higher education losses are 183 billion dollars over the last year and so we just have to get things back to normal so there's a lot of
1: 183 billion how much did the government give to the schools grants as 183 billion?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. I have that number either last week or the week before, but it is a gigantic number that schools are getting back.
1: Because because if they lost 183 billion, billion. They, there would be a lot more than a couple of schools that went out of business. So the government sure. bailed them out basically, yeah. which is good.
0: And, and the um, government also said half of all of the money the schools get, they have to give to students. So that's a really interesting piece of that too. Okay, another thing is a question about whether or not it's ethical to um, pay students to get vaccinated, which I don't love this article because they don't really talk about the ethics of it, but you have a lot of schools that are saying like, we'll give you gift cards, we'll give you t-shirts, we'll give you free courses over the summer, we'll give you cash if you'll go and get vaccinated. What I like about this article um, inside higher ed is that they're talking about not just incentivizing students to get vaccinations, but also making them accessible. So if you have students who don't have gas money to go to a place, or they have to work, or they're working from, or uh, studying from home right now, you have to not only incentivize them, but also make it incredibly accessible. My my two
1: daughters who are in college right now, they're both um, able to get their vaccine. They both got their, uh, single doses. I got them in the single doses last week. I brought them, but um now they can get their double, their second dose at the school. But my my one of my daughter's schools, my one daughter's graduating, so I don't know what, what the rule is for September. But my daughter was a freshman. You know what the, they they're incentivizing her to get the vaccine. You know what it is. Mm-mm. You get to go to the school.
0: Yeah. If
1: you don't, you don't get it. You don't get to go to school, and I like that.
0: So this is another personally, reason. personally. Um, it's really interesting you have a lot of schools saying that because the vaccines were passed under the emergency rule and have not yet been licensed by the FDA that they are not sure that they are allowed to do that, but a lot of schools are requiring the vaccine so it'll be really. Listen,
1: interesting to see. listen there's plenty of schools out there, if you have a reason you don't want to get vaccinated you're allowed to do that, to but school. but go to another school that's just my opinion. Yeah. um it's like a lot of things right and your job requires you to be there at nine o'clock if you can't get there by nine o'clock get another job
0: right. <laughs> simple as that <laughs> um okay one other thing that i think is really fun is that robert kotick who's the ceo of activation blizzard which you may recognize that company they own the franchises Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, which I don't really care about, but they also own Candy Crush, which you may not know this about me, but I am a great Candy Crush player.
1: You and my wife have that in common, huh? Yes,
0: um, it's my favorite game. That CEO is giving $4 million to the University of Michigan to create a new esports minor, which oh, is wow. gonna be research, instruction, and in computer science, sports management, and user experience. So everybody's really excited about this. The increase in esports on campuses is pretty amazing, and it's really fun to think about our students being able to have a minor in that. So well, that's
1: my, my school, um, Park University, where I went to school. Yeah. They were actually one of the first um, schools to ever have esports. I really? was in, yeah, I was in a board meeting two years ago when I first started being a board member, and I'm sorry, I'm just trying to get my lighting right, and. Um, they said we have an esports team, and I was just like, Oh, I'm an open minded person, so I was like, Wow, okay, really? Like, why like, right. explain to me? <laughs> and it, it's, it, and they were the first at Park University, small liberal arts college in Missouri, and they were one of the first to do it. And uh, you know, people are getting scholarships for esports now.
0: I know the first time I heard about it, I was like, I'm sorry, you're what is happening now, and now I'm like, Yo, that makes total sense. You have a lot of you time know? where that's gonna be how they get to college.
1: When we both said that, you know what happened? Everybody knew that we were in twenty.
0: Yeah, they're like, "You're you're <laughs> not going to get it. It's fine. Just just wait it out. It'll be okay." Okay, the last one I want to talk to you about, which um, I'm going to weave into our consuming discussion, but there was an article in the New York Times by Adam Grant, who's a psychologist, and it's called the uh, There's a name for the blow you're feeling, which is called languishing. I would highly recommend that everybody read this article. Um, here's what the quote is basically. He's like, we, one of the things that's really healthy for us is to talk about our feelings and to be able to name them. And he says, a lot of people are not experiencing burnout because they still have uh, energy. So it's not that feeling. A lot of people aren't experiencing depression because they, they don't feel hopeless. It's just kind of joyless and aimless. And there's a name for that. And that is languishing. So the idea is that in the beginning, we had a lot of adrenaline around this pandemic. And now we're just in a place where what he says the remedy is, is finding flow, which is the places where your sense of time melts away. Um, and so that's like poker or candy crush or something where you're like, I'm just doing what I know how to do. And I somehow get joy and rest from that. Um, it's the idea that you are in a place where you can manage um an appropriate difficulty like all i have to do is win this hand or all i have to do is pop the bubbles right as opposed to the place that we're living right now which can be really overwhelming so i really yeah, like we, the description
1: yeah we talked about it today on my podcast we talked about it a couple times actually in the last couple of weeks and um i'll share can i share please uh i'm at burnout and um i didn't realize it until recently and my my the way I dealt with my burnout is I did more. I put more on my schedule because when you're burnt out, you kind of stop. Yeah. And so I'm just not capable of stopping. So, <laughs> so I was like, so then I put more on my schedule. And then I realized somebody actually on my podcast said what burnout is. It's like I was stopping and I can't stop. So I identified it because I was burnt out one other time when I went to, in the Air Force. I got my job on the weekends, and I was going to school at night, and I didn't identify it. Now I identified it. Yeah. So even even poker became like, eh, I don't really want to do it. So I realized, like, okay, I understand where I'm at, and yeah. I understand what I need to do. And what I need to do is I need to work out more, I need to uh, do less. Um, and I need to ensure that every single day, I'm incorporating uh, a mindset moment, whether it be 10 minutes, five minutes, or an hour, whatever I need that day to reset my mindset. And I do mm-hmm. it quietly. I do it privately. But it scared me because I remember getting the book burnout when I was a young man. And I just I, I was hopeless. I was just like, Oh, I just I can't do anything anymore. I just didn't want to do mm-hmm. anything. And um, I didn't get to that that level. But I, I started to feel like I just didn't give a crap because I was just burnt out from a year of worrying about my kids. It wasn't even my work. It was about worrying about my kids, worrying about my wife, worrying about my neighbors, worrying about everything and working and building my business and doing everything. And then I was just like, you know what? And the reason I wanted to share that is because if anyone else is feeling that, it's okay.
0: Right, yeah. It's it makes sense that that's where we would be, right? So a lot of the the poll results are a lot of kind of feeling overwhelmed, burnt out, languishing. Also, Robert, right. thank you. Robert sent us more on the idea of flow, which I really love. That how do we just manage something that we can, and how that kind of sets us at ease. So right, that's-
1: listen, you know, Matt Matt's been getting familiar with stairs. That that's what he's been doing to ensure that he's you know he's not burnt out. He's getting familiar. With oh, by the way, I bought your book. I bought two books: the uh, the six hats. Yeah. I bought. I bought two, one to give to my daughter, who's about to manage a coffee shop, and, and I, I'm reading it. So Good, thank you.
0: I'm so glad, that's awesome, I think you'll really like it. Okay, so I want to talk about Kintsugi. Um, I, all right, let me just introduce it first, and then I, we will talk about the Hotel Impossible that I've picked. Um, Kintsugi is a Japanese process created in the 15th century. There was a shogun named Yoshimasa, who broke his favorite tea bowl. It was made in China. He was in Japan. So he sent it to China to get fixed. And when they sent it back, they fixed it with kind of staples. And also it wasn't watertight. So he couldn't use it for tea anymore. So he went to his local craftsman in Japan and was like, hey, can you do better than this? And that's where Kintsugi was created. They decided to mend the brokenness with golden joints, which is literally what kin. Sugi means broken joints. We also talk about in terms of a golden repair or poetic mend. Um, we talk about precious scars. This is just a very specific procedure with um, it's it's a ritual where day by day and week by week, you uh, mourn the object, clean the object, reassemble it, take care of it, heal it, and then exalt it into something more beautiful. And so, I want to introduce this idea of the six steps of Kintsugi, and then we're going to be talking a lot more about this over the coming months, because I think it's incredibly powerful as we're thinking about our broken industry, as we're thinking about um, our experiences over the past year and a half, things that are broken, that are worthy to be redeemed. We just have to figure out how to do it really well. So here's the process. Let me say this. I like this process because as we're discussing languishing, I think what that means is that we're just stuck in the brokenness, we can't move, we don't wanna do more, we're not moving forward, we're not using it to our advantage, we're not using this disaster to create something more. We feel like we're just in the brokenness and there's nothing to be done. And I think what the process of Kintsuki does is it helps us Redeem a thing that is broken but is worth saving by following these really specific steps. You're gonna do this, you're gonna do this, you're gonna do this. And the outcome of that is um, using this crisis to make something really amazing, which I think we all can, uh, and that would be an advantage for all of us, right? So the first piece is break. And this is the experience. This is the thing that happens, COVID, where we send everyone home or we're furloughed or our businesses are closing or whatever the thing is. But the first piece of this consuvia process is the break. And I am using um, this as a break. So this episode, Operation Sandy, Mm -hmm. two episodes, which I'm going to tell you, I really don't like the first episode because the family's so awful. And I really love the last episode because the families are so precious. So So we did
1: our job, so we did our job.
0: You did. So I don't wanna spend very much time on this first family because I don't want to. But let me just say, they were ungrateful, deceptive, rude. Am I missing anything? (laughs)
1: I will tell you, I will tell you, it got so aggressive from their end. And this, I've never talked about this before, but, um, and I, I'm not a tough guy, but the, the son was such a wuss. And uh, he, I walked over to him um, when the cameras were down because he was saying things to his sister that I overheard. And I was like, well, while, you know, if you, if you feel that way, the cameras aren't here, why don't we just take a walk and we can take care of what you want to do. And we'll see what happens. So I didn't realize I had my mic on, and so as soon as they heard me say that, what happens? The whole production company goes <laughs> whoop whoop. No. So oh, no, no, the opposite of that. Oh the really? Of, no. The opposite is like yes, camera, police, Anthony. Oh, you know. So nice. no, no, they, they did the opposite of that. They or the cameras went up and they chased me, and. Um, and I was like, so, so the guy had gotten in his car and I was about to go, you know, go chase him with my, you know, I was going to go right after him, but the cameras were up and I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Put the cameras down and let me go talk to him like a man. So I was willing to talk to the man, man on man, without cameras. He wasn't, he wanted to be a tough guy with the cameras. But, um, so that was the only time in my life outside of high school where, um, I just asked somebody that they wanted to kind of take it outside <laughs> let's take it outside but they wanted it with the cameras i was like i don't want to, i'm I not a tough guy i don't, I don't need the wow. cameras
0: okay so this is season three episodes 11 but that's how, and how, that's
1: how but that's how disrespectful it was just what awful he said they he was gonna awful. cut my cut my effing yeah, head off
0: i have a that's what i told matt i took a picture of it because i was like i'm not exaggerating how awful this is let's chop his bleep head off Okay. So I anyway, never
1: said it, but he never said it to my face.
0: They can everybody can go watch it. It's really, I mean, it's an interesting episode. I just find them so distasteful. So I don't want to spend two minutes on it. But I do think these two episodes came out of Hurricane Sandy affecting all sorts of hotels. You going and trying to give back to your community because you had also been affected by this. Um,
1: well, well to, not my community, not to give back to my community, but to give back to um, that area of of hurricane sandy so i live about an hour from there but Wild wildwood was very affected by the area because our area was getting back to normal but this area wasn't
0: still in trouble so what you guys did after this terrible experience with the first family and we're talking about this idea of breaking is you went and found these three precious families the first family is from the charl roy so this is sherry and jacob 46 rooms $100,000, no insurance policy. Um, She was just completely overwhelmed and also not asking for much, right? I mean, you were like, please, can I help you and take care of you? And she was like, I don't know how to design my rooms. That's all.
1: If Um, if I can tell you there's two two quick stories. I don't wanna go on a tangent, but um, I was at a conference somewhere and I can't remember. I was at the floor of a convention center doing some kind of keynote and for, I think a design show and she comes over to me and I hadn't seen her in, at this point, this was maybe last year, two years ago. I hadn't seen her for maybe four years. And you know, I get, I get, I get to see a lot of people, right. There's yeah. There's sometimes thousands of people in the audience. So she comes over to me, she's about five feet from me and I turn around and she just has a blank stare thinking I'm not going to recognize her. I literally dropped my mic and ran over it and I gave her a hug we both <laughs> started crying. And, and everyone was like, why are you guys, what's going on? I was like, uh, you don't understand. You don't and understand. Uh, she goes, you remember me? I said, of course I remember you. I love you. And how we got the second show, if I can, can I talk about that? Yeah, because sure. this is about talking about not always abiding by the rules, right? So we have right. a young producer named Alex Goldberg, uh, Goldstein. And we lose the first show. we were supposed to do a two hour special with travel count. So we're supposed to go down there and this is a two hour special to help this family. And the the first hour we basically happened to camp because it was nonsense. It was absolute nonsense. So we know we have one show. Um, but and, and the audience likes seeing a show that's real. So we didn't help them, but we, everybody sees that we couldn't help them like you. Right. So so we're sitting, it's a Sunday morning, we're sitting in a trailer. And our president of production company is going to China, and our vice president of Travel Channel is out of the country. And um, we call one person that not really, neither me or the producer really have too much faith in, and that person doesn't know what to do. So we hang up the phone. We're both frustrated. Alex comes in and says, "I got an idea." I said, "Like we're almost in tears." I was like, "What?" He's like, "Let's go knock on doors." I go, "What do you mean?" Because goes, there are people that need us. Let's just, I'll go out with my team and we'll just knock on doors. Within 24 hours, no, not even, within a couple of hours, we had a show. He says, listen, we have all the equipment. We have everything we need. Let's just go give it to people that want it. And who
0: needs it, yeah.
1: it was, yeah. Alex still works with me. He's a great guy.
0: That's awesome. Well, he did find some incredibly deserving families. So this is one family um, from the Charroy. The next one is C.K. Patel at Palm Villa, 21- rooms, $3,000 in debt. I'll talk more about the problems that he was having, but, um, he was really grateful for your help. And then, um, he, I think he said his entire first floor was demolished, just listening to the devastation and how much money these people are spending out of their pocket. And really, again, not asking for much, not saying, will you come in and redo my entire hotel? Just like pinpointing really specific things And the last families from the trade winds. Um, this, precious family, 10,000 square feet, their roof blew off and then it just rained into their hotel. And so they, I think the family had spent $800,000 fixing all of it, but they had some really (laughs) specific needs, which I'll highlight in just a minute. I thought that they were really um, amazing, but all of those families went through this break, this experience, right? The beginning of the process of Kintsugi is there has been something unexpected, but now we have to figure out how we're gonna deal with. And I think that really resonates with all of us. The next step is assemble. And so this is where you are getting ready to fix what's going on. So you think about like assessing what is broken, um, being really thoughtful, examining what do we need to do to restore and to um, fix the thing that is broken. So in the Char Roy, the problem was the rooms were not well-designed to say the least. Um, in the Palm Villa, Anthony, I, so a side note in the Palm Villa, if you go to on the second episode, if you go to thirteen minutes and 34 seconds, you are talking to the front, the front <laughs> the lady at the front, she is very pregnant. And you're like, Hey, so when are you going to have your baby? And she says, any, any time, like any second. And you were so like, oh my gosh, she's going to have her baby like right now, right? And here she is sitting at the front desk um, telling you about $50 charges for messy room, $10 charges for damage to towels, $75 damage for dam- uh, seventy five for damage to bedding. And then also at this hotel, the pool really needs to be <laughs> redone. It
1: was like- You, a mean, tiny- you, mean, you, mean, you mean the bathtub.
0: Yes, it was like a little bathtub. I think when you filmed, there was like a four-year-old in there and that was about the right size for him. Um, But you are walking through with these families and saying like, what is the thing that needs to be fixed? You've had this broken experience. Where can we pour our resources? So it's going to make a a really big um, impact. The trade wins. It was her reservation boards, which how is this real life?
1: First of all, look at that young lady. Tell yes. me she doesn't have the most delightful face. She, she, she was so sweet. And I'm like, like I'm sitting in the lobby and I'm like, <laughs> all right. And, 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 I, and I said, what are you doing? Cause I know what she was doing just by seeing it. And she goes, yep. I was like, are you serious? That's your computer. That was her computer. Yeah, so it's like poster
0: boards and she's like drawing for each of the rooms when people are coming and when they aren't coming. Anthony, is this like a thing they made up or did people used to do it like this?
1: Oh, no, this is this is the way everyone did it before computers. Really? Everybody, and, and before computers, it was like the most efficient you know, OCD person had a good system. But right. then there was something invented in the 1940s <laughs> called computers. And, um, but you know what I loved about this? What I loved about this very intelligent people they've done well they invested eight hundred thousand dollars now that's a lot of money but it wasn't like they were rich they would be there forever and it's a seasonal place so that is money they cannot afford to spend that's not that is like each one of their families you know this extended family how to go into their bank account their their retirement to save the hotel and they're educated they're intelligent they're nice the hotel is beautiful but even then these very educated, intelligent people, even them, the young lady um, who had just graduated college, couldn't convince them that a computer would work.
0: Yeah. And so there's something about it just being straight broken, which makes it so we're not going to have the discussion. We just have to fix it. Right. Like, hey, we're not going to have this conversation anymore. We're going to say something catastrophic has happened. And let's take this opportunity to to fix what is, has been broken. So I really appreciate, Um, she, you're right, she was super delightful. I think this happens in higher education. I'm thinking about all of the stuff that's been uncovered for us. So here's my, like, off the top of my head. We have equity issues that have been uncovered. We have access. We have online education. We have um, how we're talking to students over the summer. So retention as a full court press for the entire summer. How we manage students with academic recovery, the the role that athletics is playing on our campuses, campus silos, looking at students holistically, all of those things have been broken. And so we have to be very thoughtful as we consider what are the ways that we're going to fix them to make them better than they were before. Because the, the advantage of the brokenness is that you don't see those things until they get broken and then you're like oh my gosh we were doing okay but also a lot of things were kind of a wreck we were using poster boards right to keep track of everything so I think that that's a really important piece there absolutely the next step is wait, and I I would just say I think that these families that you helped have had already done this step they thought about what they needed to do they took out some of the broken stuff they cleaned They also just said, you know, we have to find some ways to rest in the middle of this. Um, But a lot of where after we figure out how we're going to fix it, we have to be really intentional as those things are being discussed and shored up and finalized and all of those different pieces that go into this idea of kintsugi. And then you guys always, I mean, Hotel Impossible is about this next step, which is repair, where you're really using a polish, where you're using friction to polish things, where you're concentrating on the the places to add the most value, um, add back what is good. And so this whole, I mean, your designers are always doing this. on on this episode, you had a lot of designers. I didn't even talk about bling and shoes like redoing a beach, which was pretty amazing.
1: It was interesting, the woodworking guy that uh, I met uh, on, on this show actually became Blanche's husband.
0: Oh, that, I did not know that. That's really interesting. So we're familiar with this idea of repair. I think sometimes it's like disconnected from all of these other things we're doing. But I will say schools, um, I have gotten on a high horse recently about how your student success committee and team should be used not only to discuss individual students who are struggling but also to apply some strategic repair to broken processes so if in those student care meetings and student committee meetings you are not saying hold on we're having a difficulty with students registering because they can't get their financial aid we have to fix that if you're not using part of your team for that strategic repair i think you're missing an opportunity you you're so myopically focused on one student and what's going on with them that you forget to take a step back and say, can we not solve this so that no student ever has this, this struggle again, right? Which you and I have talked a lot about upstream processes and just saying, hold on, who's throwing the kids in the river? Let's go figure out what to do about that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay, and then the last piece of this is reveal. And it's always such a pleasure. I really like this idea of, you know, you're adding gold and kintsugi. In our lives, we're adding joy, we're adding beauty, we're coming out of this thing, and we're being really protective of the things that we've built. And I don't know, Anthony. I feel like I see this in in what's happening for you right now, like professionally, is that there's like an emergence of. A really rough year but then coming into some really exciting projects that are full of joy and excitement and that is that is that a fair
1: summary on on my business on my personal yeah i've made a decision that my dream is always to own hotels and um i never dreamt of being on tv i never dreamt of uh, owning a management company i've never dreamt of uh, a lot of things i've done i loved everything i've done I wanted everything I've done. I've chased everything I've done, so I wanted to be on TV when I wanted to be on TV. I want so I. I wanted to graduate college. So I graduated college, but my dream was to always own my own hotels. So my next couple of years will be very very focused on so I'm cutting out matter of fact even doing what I'm doing now in Pittsburgh I'm cutting that out I'm just stopping everything and I'm working on dealing with a gentleman that has the resources to buy a 180 million dollar hotel or buy a 20 million dollar hotel and so we're partners but he's bringing the money I'm bringing the experience yeah and uh it's taken me a long time to find a person I feel comfortable enough doing it with
0: I love the um I love the pause where we say, how do we bring joy back? What is good going to come out of this? What, why did I get into this business? Or what business do I like? Or what are the things that I appreciate, right? And how do we make those things better? And I'm really curious in higher education, what the new appreciation is going to be like, is that going to be a new appreciation for culture or a new appreciation for the stories that we tell? or for the way we approach academics or for the way we approach student development, um, this brokenness and then going through this process of refining what's broken into something more beautiful, I think is gonna come out with something amazing.
1: If if, if I can add the reason I wanna own hotels is because it brings me joy and I really want to control the process for the employee and for the guest. So I realized through this um, whole process that I said to myself, self, I said, yes, Anthony, what do you want to do? I was like, I just want to be happy. I just want to do something I have complete control over and I'm having fun. And I think that that, so if you're like in the university or whatever business you're in, it's focused on the one thing that you like having fun at, right? And, And if that's not the driver for you, that's going to drive enrollment or drive whatever you need to do to be successful, that's fine. But still make sure you put a, Good amount of time into that part of your business because you have to have fun. And I think everything you're describing is kind of what's happening in my life right now. And not so much the joy has been taken out of all the things I was doing. It's I'm like, why am I doing that? Like, what's the purpose right. of doing that? And I think, and, and I'll use this example again, I haven't shared this with anybody. When you have a TV show for nine seasons and you're known for that for nine seasons, you, you want to break, but then the natural reaction from your agent, your manager and everybody else is, okay, what's the next show? Right. We got to get Anthony back on TV. And I was like, well, I need a couple I need a year. like, I don't want to be back on TV. And then everybody started trying to get me back on TV. And I was like, yeah, I'll look at that. And yeah, I'll look at that. And I'm even here now for a pilot. Somebody wants me to be on. And I've realized maybe even last night, like, I don't want to be back on TV. Yeah. Like, what, like, like, maybe it's because my ego got involved. It's like, oh, I got to get back on TV. I'm a hotel guy. It's like, I don't want to. I really enjoy, <laughs> like, I loved it. And it's a blessing. And, and, yeah. and it's the greatest things ever happened to me professionally. But that picture, there's a picture on my Instagram with, with the team in Long Beach. I had more fun that day than I've had in 15 years. And I've had a lot of fun in 15 years. Yeah. But, like, the joy of being able to to, to, to accomplish Something that my grandkids could could say, hey, you know, grandpa did that.
0: Yeah, I what I what resonates with me about that is the idea that um, you just somehow get in this lockstep where it's like the next thing you're supposed to do, supposed to do, supposed to do. And I think this idea of languishing is that we are not being thoughtful and pursuing things we love because we have not had the brain capacity to be like, hey, hold on, how am I do? Like, is this really what I want to be doing, right? So I think the idea for all people in all professions, but especially in higher education, where we have been greatly taxed since March with a bunch of jobs that are not the jobs we signed up for. Like the people I'm talking to who are keeping track of COVID cases and having to sanitize and having to do online classes and all that kind of, that is not why we got into student life and student development and academics. That's not it, but we didn't have a choice. And so I think this idea of pursuing joy and adding gold to the things that we love, it's how we get um, re-fired up because we remember, you know what I really love? I love advising students. I love for them to come into my office and sit across from me and to hear about what they wanna do and to build a schedule that's gonna make that possible for them. That's my favorite part of student development. Yeah, but, right?
1: but you you just said something that I think is important. As you were talking, something jumped to my mind. Is you have to know what you don't want, and then you have to draw that line. And so it's like if you go to your your, your president, you go to your uh, your supervisor, and you're like, I understand why I have to clean. I understand why we have to wear masks. That's clear to me. Right. Okay. And and no one likes doing it, but I'm going to do it. But this other thing, you know, I just don't want to do that. And and but however, I have a solution to fix, you know, fix that. So I don't want to do it, but this is my solution. So always yeah. be solution driven. That's the problem I think in any business or high education is we're afraid to draw. i just tell you what happened in, in a business meeting I had right before I got on with you. I, I spoke to someone and I said, that person I'm ignoring because that person is being passive aggressive. I told them they're being passive aggressive. I told them that they can call me, they can write me and I will support supportive. I've been kind and pleasant to everyone. I am ignoring that person and that person's passive aggressive. And he says, well, give me some time when I see you, we'll work it out. And what I'm going to say to that person is exactly what I said to him last time, but I'm going to be a lot more direct yeah. and, and, and not rude, but like, I'm not going to tolerate this. And so you decide how you want to manage that situation. Now, I'm in a position that I can do that. And I think, but but when you're a supervisor, you need to, somebody's going like this, right? I can tell. No, so, no. so so when you're a supervisor, uh, when you're talking to your supervisor, you don't want to lose your job, but you've got to set boundaries. You really do. And I don't, a lot of people don't do that. And so he goes, listen, the difference between you and him is he's from California and you're from, from New York. No, that's not the difference. The difference <laughs> is I'm not passive aggressive. He is.
0: Yeah. So that, sorry, Matt is Matt. What Matt is telling me is that on this reveal, what you're describing is the protect, right? I'm figuring what my joy is. I'm going to pursue that. And then I'm going to hold my boundary and I'm not going to let somebody derail that or take it away or make it less than, or put up with whatever's going on for you, because I'm, I'm, I just went through this whole process and I'm going to be protective of my truth and where I am and what my boundaries are. So I really love that. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, The last piece is sublimate, which is where we get to step back and admire. Um, This is where we remember where we've come from, we've been reborn, we're really grateful. This idea that the world breaks and many are strong at those broken places afterwards, which I really love um this these families Anthony you did so much for them you you know gave them new rooms and you gave them new bedding and you did so much and um what I love about Sherry is after you gave them a very simple thing which is here's a design that you can replicate right she was like hey I feel like I can do this again I feel like myself for whatever amount of time, she was just overwhelmed in the broken place. And you guys led her through so that then she could say, I do remember where I came from. I do remember what I've been through, but this is now a new thing that I feel like I wanna do again, which is amazing.
1: Yeah. And, and when you're direct and empathetic with people, people get to be who they are. And that's the thing that bothers me in most culture, in most businesses, business culture, is you're not allowing that teacher, that professor, that student to really be who they are and to be who they are um, and look them in the eye and say, hey, you can do this and this is why you can do this. Or there's been other shows like, you can't do this. You're not good at this. Like you're not good at this. But that also gives them the freedom to say, he's right, I'm yeah. not, yeah. I'm faking it. And, and, and so, so being able, the reason I connected to all three of these people, all three of these owners, three families, I should say, is because I care, you know, I care. Well,
0: Anthony, there's such a good example of, so oftentimes on your show, you're dealing with people who are not doing a good job or don't know what they should be doing or feel completely overwhelmed or like we're failing, we don't know. But these are people who, and I think this is relevant, like they were doing pretty well. They, yes, of course they had some stuff to work out, but they were doing pretty well. And then something broke and they're not, it's not that they don't know how to clean their rooms or how to be hospitable or how to. They were doing well, something broke and it made it so that then they had to come back and revisit Mm -hmm. everything that they were doing and improve the broken stuff so that they would be in a much better place. And it's kind of a different population than you normally are dealing with. And I think for those um, of our listeners, like most of us picked our jobs because we're pretty good at it and because we got joy out of it. And what's happened with COVID is some of that stuff has gotten broken. But it doesn't mean that we can't do a golden repair and get back to a place that's even better than it was before. But you, yeah. have, to, you right. have
1: to accept You have to accept what happened, right? right? Yes. And a lot of us haven't accepted it. And a lot of people don't accept it. And these people accepted it.
0: Yeah.
1: And it took them a while, um, but they started to accept it, you know? Yeah. And I guess that's what even, to use my example, with the TV show not going forward, even though I didn't want it, I didn't accept it. Like I that that I didn't want to really do another show. So I didn't accept it because I am yeah. supposed to. Then I accepted that that's what happened. And you know what? Nine years, I'm good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like it's
0: helpful to know. I'm I'm doing okay. This last family, they were so joyful. They were so grateful for everything. Oh, I love those. Them. I
1: love I love that. I love watching that show. I don't watch many of my shows, but I watch that show. I yeah. love those people. They and are. that was all real. That was all so real.
0: It is a very good one. Um, you had a quote in the last couple of weeks that I really loved and I thought was so relevant to this idea of things are going to be broken. We've got to put them back together. We have to be patient. We have to take things away. We have to imbue them with joy. And then we're going to look back at this, this new process. But the quote is persistence is the concrete of success. And I think that um, when we're thinking about don't languish, don't stay in one place and say, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Everything's broken. It's terrible. Don't languish. Be persistent in moving through this process and saying, I'm going to go thoughtfully through every single element of this idea that we can create something really beautiful out of something that is broken. So we're going to talk a lot more about that in more detail, but um, I just think... to encourage people with the idea that you don't have to be stuck where you are, you can actually move forward into a, a new, better reality, right? So,
1: absolutely. It's, um, listen, and, and as soon as you get that all covered, you're gonna turn around. So, what's gonna happen?
0: Right. Which I like. So, I like this as a discipline. And one of the things that I think is gonna come out of COVID is that if we can learn how to do this well with like a, like a disaster like COVID it actually will become something that we're doing continually, right? Like, oh, that didn't work out. Okay, let me go through these steps to make that more beautiful. Or, oh, that was a thing that I thought I was going to do that didn't. Okay, I've learned this
1: process now. Did did you ever hear, did you ever hear, I I read something recently about the word maybe. Um, And and I don't know if you've ever heard this example. And I'm probably not going to do it justice, but it's really, I'm actually going to go, there's a book about it. I'm going to go find the book and read it. Maybe. COVID destroyed my experience for teaching college because i'm teaching online maybe maybe that's possible maybe mm-hmm. that happened i got promoted because other teachers didn't come back this is great for my career maybe
0: right yeah i love Here's that the- Anthony. it's about punctuation right like is there a period at the end of that sentence or is it a dot 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 maybe
1: right so everything's a maybe. The power of maybe like, like I got a TV show, best things ever happened in my career. Maybe. Oh, I didn't make as much money as I did in the hotel business the first couple of seasons. This sucks. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. But then I met somebody that did this. It's like, oh, so like, if, if you look at life as maybe, then you're looking at life as anything is possible. Yeah. And, and I just, it, to me, it resonated with me because I never looked at life that way. I yeah. never, exactly. I looked at life that way, but I never put it in that word that, yeah, maybe this is a great opportunity. Maybe this is a bad opportunity. But regardless, you're here. Right. So it doesn't matter. So maybe, you no, know, it's great. Yeah. And move forward. move Because you don't know. So just the, move forward. And, and the example, the example was, um, my son got into a car accident and broke his leg. Um and uh maybe that's terrible. And the next week he got a draft during the Vietnam War, he got a draft notice, and because he broke his leg, they couldn't draft him. So maybe it was great.
0: Right. But how would you know until you live out the story? Right?
1: And that's your life. You won't know until they close the box. Yeah, it's good.
0: All right. Well, I have a couple of resources. So um Please read this book. It's a great book and it will lead you through the things we're going to be talking about for the next couple of months. Also, we have our Bridging the Gap The Golden Repair uh, Professional Development Conference coming in May. And we're going to be talking a lot more about how to make something beautiful out of the broken pieces of higher education. Um, as well as if you're interested in our summit initiative, which is really focused on closing the equity gap for students. Happy to talk more about that. And then also, um, if you are interested in any of the our previous conversations, if you guys right now are involved in your enrolled, not enrolled process. So this is where you're looking at students who have not enrolled for next semester while they're still on your campus and going and saying, hey, what's going on? Are you gonna come back and you get you registered? Um, Matt and I talked last week about that process. And so I would encourage you to go read that one, but this is the this is the time for you to be finding those students and making sure that they have a clear picture of what the fall is gonna look like. And I like the idea of just speaking forward, like we're gonna make it better than it was. It's gonna be different, but here are the places that we are gonna do things differently and have a different understanding of our community together and the processes that we have and really helping them understand how you're gonna use um, the idea of the golden repair to make their experience in the fall great. So please be focusing on that. Anthony, thank you so much for spending time with me.
1: It's my pleasure. And you know what I'm going to do right after this call?
0: Get on a plane?
1: No, I'm going to get familiar with stairs. (laughs) Sorry, Matt. That's the last time. I'm sorry, Matt.